0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com Daily bonuses are waiting No purchase necessary were prohibited by law 18 plus Terms and conditions apply See website for details Yes, and now Venters made a lightning-swift movement Lassiter smiled And then his bronzed eyelids narrowed Till his eyes seemed mere gray slits. You'll kill Tull He did not question He affirmed I promised Jane Witherstein I'd try to avoid Tull "'I'll keep my word. "'But sooner or later Tull and I will meet. "'As I feel now, if he even looks at me, I'll draw. "'I reckon so. "'There'll be hell down there presently.' "'He paused a moment and flicked a sagebrush with his quirt. "'Venters, seeing as you're considerable worked up, "'tell me Millie Earn's story.' "'Venters' agitation stilled to the trace of suppressed eagerness "'in Lassiter's query. "'Millie Earn's story?' "'Well, Lasseter, I'll tell you what I know. Millie Earn had been in Cottonwoods years when I first arrived there, and most of what I tell you happened before my arrival. I got to know her pretty well. She was a slip of a woman, and crazy on religion. I conceived an idea that I never mentioned. I thought she was, at heart, more Gentile than Mormon. But she passed as a Mormon, and certainly she had the Mormon woman's locked lips. You know, in every Mormon village there are women who seem mysterious to us— but about milly there was more than the ordinary mystery when she came to cottonwoods she had a beautiful little girl whom she loved passionately milly was not known openly in cottonwoods as a mormon wife that she really was a mormon wife i have no doubt perhaps the mormon's other wife or wives would not acknowledge milly such things happen in these villages mormon wives wear yokes but they get jealous well whatever had brought milly to this country love or madness of religion She repented of it. She gave up teaching the village school. She quit the church. And she began to fight Mormon upbringing for her baby girl. Then the Mormons put on the screws, slowly, as is their way. At last the child disappeared. Lost was the report. The child was stolen, I know that. So do you. That wrecked Millie Erne. But she lived on in hope. She became a slave. She worked her heart and soul and life out to get back her child she never heard of it again then she sank i can see her now-a frail thing so transparent you could almost look through her-white like ashes and her eyes-her eyes have always haunted me she had one real friend-Jane Withersteen but jane couldn't mend a broken heart-and milly died for moments lassiter did not speak or turn his head the man he exclaimed presently in husky accents "'I haven't the slightest idea who the Mormon was,' replied Venters. "'Nor has any Gentile in Cottonwoods.' "'Does Jane Witherstein know?' "'Yes, but a red-hot running-iron couldn't burn that name out of her.' Without further speech Lassiter started off, walking his horse, and Venters followed with his dogs. Half a mile down the slope they entered a luxuriant growth of willows, and soon came into an open space carpeted with grass like deep green velvet. The rushing of water and singing of birds filled their ears. Venters led his comrade to a shady bower and showed him amber spring. It was a magnificent outburst of clear amber water pouring from a dark stone-lined hole. Lassiter knelt and drank, lingered there to drink again. He made no comment, but Venters did not need words. Next to his horse a rider of the sage loved a spring. "'and this spring was the most beautiful and remarkable known to the upland riders of southern Utah. It was the spring that made old Witherstein a feudal lord, and now enabled his daughter to return the toll which her father had exacted from the toilers of the sage. The spring gushed forth in a swirling torrent, and leaped down joyously to make its swift way along a willow-skirted channel. Moss and ferns and lilies overhung its green banks.' Except for the rough-hewn stones that held and directed the water, this willow thicket and glade had been left as nature had made it. Below were artificial lakes, three in number, one above the other, in banks of raised earth, and round about them rose the lofty, green-foliaged shafts of poplar trees. Ducks dotted the glassy surface of the lakes. A blue heron stood motionless on a water-gate. Kingfishers darted with shrieking flight along the shady banks. A white hawk sailed above and from the trees and shrubs came the song of robins and catbirds it was all in strange contrast to the endless slopes of lonely sage and the wild rock environs beyond venters thought of the woman who loved the birds and the green of the leaves and the murmur of the water next on the slope just below the third and largest lake were corrals and a wide stone barn and open sheds and coops and pens Here were clouds of dust, and cracking sounds of hoofs, and romping colts, and he hawing burrows. Neighing horses trampled to the corral fences, and on the little windows of the barn projected bobbing heads of bays and blacks and sorrels. When the two men entered the immense barnyard, from all around the din increased. This welcome, however, was not seconded by the several men and boys who vanished on sight. Venters and Lassiter were turning toward the house when Jane appeared in the lane leading a horse in riding-skirt and blouse she seemed to have lost some of her statuesque proportions and looked more like a girl rider than the mistress of withersteen she was brightly smiling and her greeting was warmly cordial good news she announced i've been to the village all is quiet i expected i don't know what but there's no excitement and tull has ridden out on his way to glaze tull gone inquired venters with surprise he was wondering what could have taken tull away "'Was it to avoid another meeting with Lassiter that he went? "'Could it have any connection with the probable nearness of Oldring and his gang?' "'Gone, yes, thank goodness,' replied Jane. "'Now I have peace for a while. "'Lassiter, I want you to see my horses. "'You are a rider, and you must be a judge of horse-flesh. "'Some of mine have Arabian blood. "'My father got his best strain in Nevada from Indians "'who claimed their horses were bred down from the original stock left by the Spaniards.' "'Well, ma'am, the one you've been ridin' takes my eye,' said Lassiter, as he walked around the racy, clean-limbed, and fine-pointed roan. "'Where are the boys?' she asked, looking about. "'Jerd, Paul, where are you? Here, bring out the horses.' The sound of dropping bars inside the barn was the signal for the horses to jerk their heads in the windows, to snort and stamp. Then they came pounding out of the door a file of thoroughbreds, to plunge about the barnyard, heads and tails up, manes flying.' They halted afar off, squared away to look, came slowly forward, with whinnies for their mistress, and doubtful snorts for the strangers and their horses. "'Come, come, come,' called Jane, holding out her hands. "'Why, Bells, Wrangle, where are your manners? Come, Black Star, come, Knight. Ay, you beauties, my racers of the sage!' Only two came up to her, those she called Knight and Black Star. Venters never looked at them without delight. The first was soft dead black, the other glittering black, and they were perfectly matched in size, both being high and long-bodied, wide through the shoulders, with lithe, powerful legs. That they were a woman's pets showed in the gloss of skin, the fineness of mane. It showed, too, in the light of big eyes and the gentle reach of eagerness. "'I've never seen their like,' was Lassiter's encomium, "'and in my day I've seen a side of horses.' "'Now, ma'am, if you was wantin' to make a long and fast ride across the sage, say to elope—' Lassiter ended there with dry humor, yet behind that was meaning. Jane blushed, and made arch eyes at him. "'Take care, Lassiter, I might think that a proposal,' she replied gaily. "'It's dangerous to propose elopement to a Mormon woman. Well, I was expecting you. Now will be a good hour to show you Milly Earn's grave. The day-riders have gone, and the night-riders haven't come in.' bern what do you make of that need i worry you know i have to be made to worry well it's not usual for the night shift to ride in so late replied venters slowly and his glance sought lassiter's cattle are usually quiet after dark still i've known even a coyote to stampede your white herd i refuse to borrow trouble come said jane They mounted, and, with Jane in the lead, rode down the lane, and, turning off into a cattle-trail, proceeded westward. Venter's dogs trotted behind them. On this side of the ranch the outlook was different from that on the other. The immediate foreground was rough, and the sage more rugged and less colorful. There were no dark blue lines of canyons to hold the eye, nor any uprearing rock walls. It was a long roll and slope into gray obscurity— Soon Jane left the trail and rode into the sage, and presently she dismounted and threw her bridle. The men did likewise. Then, on foot, they followed her, coming out at length on the rim of a low escarpment. She passed by several little ridges of earth to halt before a faintly defined mound. It lay in the shade of a sweeping sagebrush close to the edge of the promontory, and a rider could have jumped his horse over it without recognizing a grave. Here. She looked sad as she spoke, but she offered no explanation for the neglect of an unmarked, uncared-for grave. There was a little bunch of pale, sweet lavender daisies, doubtless planted there by Jane. "'I only come here to remember and to pray,' she said. "'But I leave no trail.' A grave in the sage! How lonely this resting-place of Millie Urn! The cottonwoods or the alfalfa-fields were not in sight— nor was there any rock or ridge or cedar to lend contrast to the monotony gray slopes tinging the purple barren and wild with the wind waving the sage swept away to the dim horizon. Lassiter looked at the grave and then out into space at that moment he seemed a figure of bronze. Jane touched Venter's arm and led him back to the horses. Burn cried Jane when they were out of hearing. "'Suppose Lassiter were Millie's husband, "'the father of that little girl lost so long ago.' "'It might be, Jane. Let us ride on. "'If he wants to see us again, he'll come.' So they mounted and rode out to the cattle trail and began to climb. From the height of the ridge, where they had started down, Venters looked back. He did not see Lassiter, but his glance, drawn irresistibly farther out on the gradual slope, caught sight of a moving cloud of dust. "'Hello, a rider!' yes i see said jane that fellow's riding hard jane there's something wrong oh yes there must be how he rides the horse disappeared in the sage and then puffs of dust marked his course he's short cut on us he's making straight for the corrals venters and jane galloped their steeds and reined in at the turning of the lane this lane led down to the right of the grove Suddenly into its lower entrance flashed a bay horse. Then Venters caught the fast, rhythmic beat of pounding hoofs. Soon his keen eye recognized the swing of the rider in his saddle. "'It's Judkins, your Gentile rider,' he cried. "'Jane, when Judkins rides like that, it means hell.'" End of chapter 3